Hi, I'm David Rothkopf, the CEO of the DSR Network and host of the Deep State Radio podcast. Here at DSR, we have always believed that in a world as complex, fast-moving, and full of risks as ours, we all need access to the best minds. That is why we have created the leading network for expert podcasts on the issues of the day you care about. We go in-depth on politics, the law, national security, foreign policy, intelligence, defense, climate, and new technologies with regular and special guests that are the leading voices in their fields. We also offer daily updates on global news, our DSR Daily, and on a key story of the day through our partnership with the New Republic. That is why over a million times a month, people like you choose to spend time with our hosts and guests. Membership is what supports this, and members get special benefits, including bonus content in virtually all of our podcasts. It's a big deal, and it's a good deal. Our monthly membership price is going to go up for the first time in our history on March 1st. So now is the time you can lock in our founder's rate of just $5 a month. To do so, go to the dsrnetwork.com and click on membership. It's that easy, but don't delay. Today's rates will only be available for a few more weeks. Join us, support us. Go to the dsrnetwork.com right now. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm David Rothkopf, joined as ever by Chris Cottmore. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Excellent. And Riley Fessler. How are you this morning, Riley? Pretty good. What are you starting off with, Chris? Uh, Egypt is reportedly preparing a contingency area for displaced Palestinians in the uh, event that uh, Israel ups their offensive in Rafah. Though satellite imagery uh, that I've seen this morning uh, has exposed large craters in Rafa, um, the thought of an of a of an upscale attack in Rafa is pretty scary. Um, but this also puts you know some tension on the relationship between Israel and Egypt. Uh, you know, we'll continue to follow this story as as it develops and. Um, as in, there's international pressure on Benjamin Netanyahu to continue or to to try to, uh, you know, come up with a ceasefire in Hamas, which so far he has essentially just said, no, we're not doing that. Uh, yeah, well, uh, people are waiting on edge. A lot of people will die in Rafah if they do uh, conduct big ground operations there. Uh, uh, I think 150 people may have died there in the past 24 hours as it is, uh, and clearly it's an area of, uh, of, uh, of grave concern. I'm, I'm a little concerned that uh, U.S. satellite assets are being directed to you first thing in the morning. I didn't know that you were part of the briefing uh, cycle of the, uh, um, uh, the, 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 the technical means of the U.S. intelligence apparatus, but... Uh, I am on the okay. sit rep distribution list. Huh? Yeah, Just... no, I, I understand. I understand. I understand. Um, uh, uh, Riley, I hope you're getting the same kinds of briefing 
materials. Uh, I am not, no, unfortunately. Um, but we did get some serious news out of Russia today uh, that Alexei Navalny, uh, which is, of course, Russia's most prominent opposition leader, has died in a penal colony in the Arctic Circle. Um, he was there after a couple months ago. He kind of disappeared. And his allies and friends didn't know where he was. And we found out that he was at this penal colony. And he has now died there. Um, you know, this, the news comes from Russia. So take kind of how he died with a grain of salt. They're saying, we don't know. Um, and they said that they, despite resuscitation attempts, he was declared dead. I'm skeptical of the resuscitation attempts and that we'll ever get a satisfying oh, 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 cause skeptical. of death. Yeah, well, yeah. that's because you're a seasoned observer of these things. Yesterday, Navalny appeared on video in a court hearing. Uh, he was in the, the prison colony and he was uh, healthy and even joking. He sent his wife a Valentine's message that was quite loving uh, and the reports from the Russian government said that Navalny died suddenly while walking. Okay. Uh, there's clearly been a significant outcry about this death uh, at the Munich Security Conference, which we'll talk about later. Um, uh, but uh, the thing that I would note is uh, Alexei Navalny is not the only person fighting uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, uh, to uh, you know, defend democracy. Uh, so too are all the people in Ukraine, and uh, neither Navalny nor the people in Ukraine are supported by uh, one of America's political parties. The week started with Donald Trump saying Russia could have its way with Europe. It included Tucker Carlson polishing Vladimir Putin's apple. Uh, it included Mike Johnson saying, no, we're not going to provide money to the fight against Putin. Um, and now it ends with this, reminding us just who Putin is um, and uh, that these people are supporting him, not in spite of what he does. Trump has said in the past that he envies autocratic leaders who are able to silence their critics. Trump supports Putin, not in spite of things like the death of Navalny, but because of them. Chris? President Vladimir Zelensky is traveling to Berlin and Paris to, to, to secure uh, European support. As the U.S. aid, as you just alluded to, um, appears to be uncertain. Um, all of these countries, and while I certainly understand there's probably a bit more urgency uh, for countries in Europe, um, in terms of their support, a bit. but <laughs> yeah, a bit, but yeah, they, but on. but they're stepping up and they're pledging support in the form of, um, you know, in the case of the United Kingdom, uh, cybersecurity and defense cooperation. Uh, France is enhancing its military support, um, while we. Congress, and more specifically, the GOP House leadership continues to sit on their hands, um, demanding that more uh, funding for border control is in the bill before they'll pass it. Um, I saw at some point Speaker Johnson was uh, requesting a meeting with, with Biden. I, I haven't seen an update since, but uh, in any case, um, I'm glad to see European countries are supporting Ukraine while we just sit around and, you know, watch it all unfold. 
Uh, repulsive. Just, just um, repulsive. Glad the Europeans are standing up. Uh, I hope they don't have to do that on an ongoing basis. It's something that we talked about on our uh, podcast on Wednesday. I encourage people to go back and listen to it. Max Boot, Corey Shockey, Rosa Brooks, and Ed Luce. Um, but European leaders, including those who are now, for example, gathered at the Munich Security Conference, are planning because they can't just wait until something like Trump suddenly happens again in the U.S. They're planning for what they do if Europe is abandoned by Trump. There was a a story yesterday that floated that some of Trump's team um, are thinking of an approach to NATO from the outset, which would say, well, if a country has paid its 2%, uh, of GDP that is an aspirational goal that all those countries have signed on to, then we will defend them. But if they have not, we will not. Uh, so he's trying to go from having an alliance to having a protection racket, like you might have seen the mob run in Queens where he grew up. Disgusting, Riley. So speaking of the Munich Security Conference, uh Vice President Kamala Harris and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken are in attendance and kind of the, the big task ahead of them is reassuring European allies about the U.S.'s commitment to uh, global conflicts and to kind of be a bulwark against the political destabilization of Donald Trump. So, you know, the obvious challenge here is that they're attempting to kind of assure everyone that we are going to be in this for the long haul when the election in November could spell an entirely different story. Um, some of the other things uh, that the conference are going to address concerns, of course, about Russia. I mean, I think that's kind of obvious that that's going to be one of the big ticket issues of the conference, as well as is Israel and Gaza, this kind of space threat from Russia that hit the headlines yesterday that we talked about on this show. Um, so, you know, this is just an annual conference, and I think the challenges for the U.S. delegation to this are kind of larger, perhaps, than in years past, of trying to balance long-term commitments with realizing that a potential second term of Donald Trump could be a disaster. Yeah, this is kind of the world's, you know, biggest security conference of its kind. There are a lot of senators there, as well as representatives of the administration, foreign leaders. Uh, abound at this place, like Zelensky, but also European leaders. And, um, uh, you know, the big question, the big question hanging over this conference is whether the United States is going to continue to lead the Western alliance going forward, or whether we're going to withdraw uh, and perhaps throw in our lot um, with Vladimir Putin uh, and with other autocrats around the world. Uh, It sounds abstract. It's very freaking real to all of these people. Uh, Obviously, if you're in Ukraine and you're watching your friends and family die around you each day, it's even more real. Um, And uh, if you're a border state uh, that uh, the Russians are looking at hungrily, it's more real. Um, this is not just stupid U.S. politics, folks. This is um, the history of the world tomorrow being written today. Chris? 
Finally, the UK had their own special elections in which uh, Labour Party candidates defeated conservative candidates uh, in seats long held by conservatives. The defeats were in Kingswood uh, and Wellingborough. Um, and they've certainly heightened concerns about uh, Rishi Sunak's ability to maintain his hold on the party. Um, obviously, Rishi Sunak inherited a country that, uh, as David has has pointed out, uh, did one of the, the dumber things uh, by um, implementing Brexit. Uh, and we reported yesterday that the UK economy slipped into a recession toward the end of last year, though it seems uh, to some extent the economy is recovering with uh, consumer spending up. Uh, in any case, something to keep an eye on, um, you know, Rishi Sunak's administration and whether he can hold on to power, where, you know, in the United Kingdom, uh, they have a new prime minister about every 45 days. Well, they don't. They've had the same guy for the past year. They went through a period like that. But I'll tell you what, when the next election rolls around in the United Kingdom, the Tories are going to get their butts kicked. I saw a poll result uh, that was just devastating for them. Uh, and I think everybody looking ahead to the not-too-distant future should be preparing for labor government in Westminster, Riley. So um, big news and a big disappointment for MAGA Republicans and conservatives that were really banking on these Hunter Biden charges. <laughs> Special counsel David Weiss, who previously handed Hunter Biden his two separate charges, has actually announced charges against former FBI informant Alexander Smirnov for allegedly lying about the Biden's business dealings. And this is a big blow because uh, Smirnov's testimony was kind of one of the big things that conservatives were hanging their hats on in terms of being kind of the slam dunk against Hunter Biden. And now it seems that it was all bullshit, which we kind of all thought. But the fact that they're actually announcing charges against this guy for bullshitting them, I think, is pretty much the nail in the coffin for that for this. Um, so yeah, I mean, especially uh, James Comer, who's been kind of a central figure in this, was really a champion of Smirnov's claims, and he certainly will have egg on his face. I'm kind of <laughs> curious how they're going to try and slip out of that. They're not gonna. This is over. This is. I mean, it's ridiculous. But let's start with. They put their money on a guy named Alex Smirnov. I mean, you know, does the who's writing this script? This is like going back and you know, I, you know, when I was a kid, uh, there was a cartoon show with uh, Boris and Natasha, Boris Badnov. Um, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, let's have more Russian villains in this working for, for for the for the GOP or Russian sending name, but. This guy lied, and he obstructed justice, and DOJ has called him out, and he was the centerpiece for the completely bogus GOP efforts uh, to uh, try to impeach President Biden because, because Donald Trump got impeached, and that means we have to do it back to them. And uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Jamie Raskin, in the wake of this news, said, all right, time to call this off. This is ridiculous. You don't even have a chief witness. 
Um, so they've been revealed to be clowns again. Um, but I remind you, they're not just clowns. They are dangerous clowns. They are clowns that are undermining U.S. foreign policy, as we said, and they're clowns who left town for two weeks, leaving them only three working days to deal with funding the government when they get back. And they are, do not appear to be close to any kind of a deal which will enable that to happen, which could lead to a government shutdown, could lead to an economic slowdown, could lead to even you know, our credit rating being marked down if it goes on long enough. They don't care. Uh, I'm not making this up. This is not partisan, you know, spin on the news. This is just the way it is. Of course, just the way it is is what we try to report here each and every day at the DSR Daily. Uh, we're coming up on a long weekend uh, for uh, those of you who celebrate President's Day. Um, there's so many presidents to celebrate. Chris, which president will you be celebrating? Uh, you put me on the spot. Um, um, I, I celebrate the whole catalog of presidents. Sorry, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Riley, from, uh, of course. Trump. Riley, of course, comes from a state that's known as the birthplace of presidents, Ohio, which has provided us with five presidents. Do you have a favorite Ohio president, Riley? Uh, man, so many great ones to choose from, from Ohio. I'm going to go with Grant. He's probably my favorite. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's, he's a good one. I mean, you know, of course, Cleveland is named after a president. Um, uh, but having said all of that, uh, we wish you a happy three-day weekend if you're getting a three-day weekend. Uh, and we'll be back with you next week with all sorts of Horrifying shit, because that's what goes on in the world. Uh, but we'll try to report it unflinchingly and fairly. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>